That was like weirdly energetic, but then also somewhat devoid of all energy too. That's my style. That's my style. It was like lots of moves. Very, it was very uh, Chelsea Peretti. Well, it's getting cut. Hey everybody, welcome to a new bowl of dude soup for today. We were recording this on uh, May 19th, Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to it Thursday and thereafter, might feel a little dated. Welcome to the Hula House. I'm your host, Elise Willems. I am joined by two wonderful friends today, sometimes lover, James Willems. Oh, hello. Uh, Perhaps on Tuesday, May 19th. Well, we'll see. Mm. James, hi. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. You're looking pretty fit despite the quarantine. Am I? I I'm trying. I, I did work out over my lunch break. I have been, it's a different kind of exercise. Mm -hmm. Uh, For those of you that are watching The Last Dance, there's the part where he goes and plays uh, baseball. And they're like, he built a baseball body. That's not a body for a basketball body. (laughs) And they talk about how he had to undo that. I feel like that's what I'm doing right now because everything I'm doing is like body weight. So what kind of body would you say that you have? A body weight body? I Right now I'm leaning more towards a body weight body. But my whole Mm -hmm. life I've been building towards a lifting weight body. I feel like I have a swashbuckling body. I could see that, yeah. You know, pillaging, sailing the seas. Uh-huh. I've got Swinging it all. from a rope. I'm also joined today by John Smith, who... What up, y'all? Is... I got a tire body. Oh, I can roll t- down a hill faster than a tire. Tire banks. <laughs> As you know it. John doesn't <laughs> want to be associated with tire banks. She got into some hot water did recently. She? What'd she do? Don't tell me. Well, did we talk about this, John, about how, like, if you go and you look back at all the America's Next Top Model stuff she made those women do, it was horrific? Well, that's that's people. I, I did see that. And people have to understand that she was just a host. She wasn't pulling all the <laughs> strings. I've worked on a lot of reality TV shows. I don't know if you all know this, but I, before Funhouse, I did. I do. Yeah. Five years in uh, reality TV. Um, those on set producers are monsters <laughs> yeah every you scenario tyra, was like yeah you don't think tyra I, I mean, had I'm any sure say tyra maybe had a say in some stuff but the absurd like forcing people to do stuff i mean if you look at it there's that one where that girl her friend had died and then the next mm-hmm. day or like she mentioned that her friend had died and then the next day they went to a graveyard and had them do shoots in open <laughs> graves <laughs> it's like Super fucked up. Tyra wasn't even there. So. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That was a producer in the interview going, oh, really? You had a friend who died. How can I capitalize on this for the show? So. I think that they always assume that they're complicit. And I guess in some ways, hosts of reality shows are complicit. But also other times, the small piece of the pie that you participate in doesn't allow you to see the full picture. So. Like, Guy Fieri isn't out there Googling diners. He's getting (laughs) chauffeured to him in his flamed uh, Lamborghini. I will say we have a friend who works for Guy Fieri. I'm not going to say in what capacity because I don't want to out him. But he's only said positive things about Guy. Yeah. Yeah. Really? That that guy guy actually is pretty invested in the the success of his people and his show. And nice to everyone. And, like, genuinely does want to paint these diners, dive-ins, and dives in the best possible light <laughs> dildos and nice whatever else might be in the back of that pickup we don't know um why are we here today Elise? we're here because we're talking about i have a few stories and then i just kind of wanted to talk about you guys on a personal level mm. once we get through that uh, okay. so so viewers and listeners stick around for that 
But first up, a story that I came across on Sunday uh, pertains to football, soccer, mm-hmm. if you will, for the layman. Um, is FC it football Seoul, or soccer? It's football. This is international and the way that we're discussing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. FC Seoul, who is a uh, K-League Korean club, they had to apologize on Facebook and Instagram after posing sex dolls in their stadiums as fans. So as sporting events return to stadiums and arenas, clubs and leagues are facing a common problem, which is how do you account for all these empty seats that you see on broadcasts? Mm -hmm. And basically, FC Seoul had a company named Dalcom reach out to them, and they said, we can help you fill the empty seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, with some of mm. our mannequins, mm-hmm. this company, Dalcom. <laughs> but one of Dalcom's suppliers is a sex toy company, which they didn't mention to FC Seoul. Uh-huh. So when they were like, oh, we have all these mannequins we can give you, they're really like sex dolls. Nick, are, I, could you give us some of the images? Are they, are they actual sex dolls? Like, do they have holes in them? Or is it yeah. just the same the same manufacturing facility? That Also, this doesn't do anything. There's like one sex doll every five to ten seats this doesn't look full at well, all there there were yeah. 30 dolls total 28 yeah. female two male in a thirty thousand person right. arena <laughs> that yeah. sounds about right um, um well the thing is sorry john what were you gonna say well i was just going to say it might be a little crass but from what i've heard i don't own a sex doll you can't Yet. prove it yeah. but um i know that there are removable parts so mm-hmm. it's possible they just provided the arms and yeah. legs and heads. Like, that's you what, know, that's what I'm saying. Maybe they yeah, were just, they just dolls. They have a manufacturing process for dolls. And then there's the second part of the process where they put parts in it and they just didn't put the parts in it. So I, you know, just cause they jiggle a little bit. You can't fault them for that. You want to see the jiggle when they're cheering. Yeah, I, I I don't think they should have had to apologize. I know we're not a, no one's asking us our opinion, but I don't think they should have apologized. I think this is there's a bigger problem is that the concern about these empty stadiums. Yeah, like I was if that affected well, James, people's enjoyment of something. Let me then, I, I didn't get through explaining uh, kind oh, of okay. all the details of this. So you might feel differently once I do. But a lot of these <laughs> which I also don't understand because a lot of these dolls had. Uh, language on them, insignias and stuff that were advertising X-rated websites. Okay. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, uh, that I think was part of the reason they apologized because they were broadcasting, you know, with what was this family friendly, Mm -hmm. uh, general, they were broadcasting, advertising X-rated websites. But what I don't understand is how no one read any of like, like, it's not like it's not like we, you know, an American team got a bunch of imported Korean sex dolls and didn't know what any of the, the yeah. lettering on them said. No, yeah, I, well, it's because it, it it was a chain reaction, right? So the first guy saw it and was like, "Oh shit, that that takes you to that website where that girl gets banged by a bunch of dudes or whatever," and then and then and they're like, "Um," and but they don't want to say anything because that's essentially admitting that they're familiar with said website. So, oh. so they, it was probably it was probably a guy, and then the dolls arrived, and they had to sign for it, and then there was another woman there mm-hmm. that he was secretly uh, in love with. He's like, but I he don't know what buttstuff.com is. 
Yeah, he's like, I'm not familiar with any of this. And so then it just got passed on. And every single time it would get to another person who knew what it said. But it was Emperor's Emperor's new clothes. Well, apparently Dalcom, the company that that uh, gave them these dolls, their director spoke out and he said they were supposed to take down all those logos and headbands and stuff before the game started. They were supposed to be topless. Is is that what he said? (laughs) I think that if they if people didn't get all up in their butts about this there's there's a great comedic element sense of humor about oneself Mm -hmm. to fill stands with sex dolls i agree i mean what's the difference between filling the stands otherwise people have sex with human beings so essentially human beings are just sex dolls that can move more sex dolls with emotions Sex dolls with emotions, <laughs> not like John's sex doll. Yeah, what I want to know is, did they have, were the dolls all just sitting there, like frozen, or did they have them on little gyro arms, like cheering well, and stuff? Nick shows the, like, he shows the pictures again. So some oh, of them did have. Is she, like, is she doing, I was like, doing hardcore. rock and roll? <laughs> yeah. yeah, some of them are holding up signs, cheering for their favorite so teams. The, wait, do those signs say butt stuff? <laughs> <laughs> Buttstuff.com? Look at them. They're having the time of their life. They're wearing the wow, jerseys. That, was, that one was, had a Princess Peach crown. I also like that they have protective masks on them. Yeah. Like, it sends a good message. It does? Oh, so that there it is. The Q-I-T-A. That must be, that must be a sex website. It says Dollcom and stuff. Dollcom's the company that... Hold yeah, on. Yeah. I'm just going to Google it real Check quick. it out. I just... Here's the thing. <laughs> Has it ever bothered you... Has it ever bothered you if you're watching something and the stadium isn't full with people? I feel like if that was a deal breaker, the MLS and WNBA wouldn't exist. (laughs) No one would be able to watch that or they would have forgotten sex dolls in the crowd a long time ago. You know what I don't like when I'm at a concert and you see mid-tier seats that are empty and then people sitting in the the nosebleeds? Mm. I'm like, you know, I just let him go. Yeah, let him come up. Open the, the corral and let the the hogs run down it's like it's like the time i went to weenie roast and the crystal method was performing the crystal method okay and then they and there's this there's a fence between the lawn where just general attendees could go and then the the amphitheater section of it and then they went climb the fence and then people started climbing over and then everyone ditched the lawn and then started climbing the crowd of the amphitheater because Crystal Method's cool. Wow, the Crystal Method nice. is cool. Well, I have a question. If the if like all the mid-tier seats are empty, are the chauffeurs actually going to check your ticket? Or can you just go sit in an empty seat? If there's like 2,000 empty seats and you sit in one of them, are they going to come up and be like, get back up to the nosebleeds, poor person? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. They it's will? The controlling aspect. That, yeah, I bet you. I bet you if you go down, you do empty seats or something I'd like fight that, him. they're totally going to kick you out. <laughs> it might be comparable to that airline recently that wouldn't let that dude go sit in one of the Economy Plus seats or whatever because they argued that it devalued the seat mm-hmm. overall in, yeah. in the long term. Uh, their their rationale was, well, if you were if you were buying a, a Honda, Honda Civic, we wouldn't just give you a Ferrari because we have them available. Uh, yeah. Well, I did guess. they, did the sex dolls get a discount on admission to the soccer game? <laughs> <laughs> Only two blowjobs. 
for sex doll <laughs> to get in. What I think these sex dolls are really doing is is serving as a demonstration to us as to the, what we should expect in terms of our etiquette when we do return to arenas and public events like this. Those sex dolls were all sitting socially distanced, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. six feet apart. Yeah. No one was inside of anyone. Yeah. Okay. I I do think it's funny that we're at the point as a society, like this is like a reset on everything because we we were constantly figuring out how to cram more and more people into smaller and smaller places to increase margin. Yeah. So like it feels <laughs> like it, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like if you went to a stadium to watch a game like 25 years ago, you would have more space between like your knees and everything like that than when you did. But now they're like, we have to fit 85,000 people in this stadium. So and then same for planes, right? Like at a plane, you see you see pictures of people in the 70s holding their martinis, all yeah. basically sitting in recliners <laughs> as they're as they're heading to Hawaii or whatever. And now you're all crammed into it. But they're just going to have to backtrack on all that. Yeah, which is interesting because I feel like last year there was that flight convention that was held. Oh, yeah. Demo- I remember they were demonstrating the seats where you're ba- you're basically standing the whole time. Yeah. Right no. Against the wall. I didn't see you that. don't remember that, so, James? Yeah. No. It was like you were packed like sardines and it wasn't even a chair. It was like a little like almost like a bicycle seat that was a little yeah. like mm-hmm. wider than longer. And you you kind of sat in it here all. You, and you, you didn't even power it, you the didn't plane. stand or sit. It was an in-between. I'll show you. Are you wearing uh-huh. pants? OK. You're, you're Is like it like this? You'd yeah. Sit in it, and then and then you're strapped in like you're on the Joker ride at Six Flags. Yeah, I was, was going to say the vortex. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing is we've already seen the solution to this and it's fifth element right you can pack anyone in anywhere as a small space as long as you're able to hit them with some sort of gas that makes them pass out <laughs> yeah. right like that's what happens in fifth element is if you're not going to go down on one of the stewardesses you're going to climb into your little cube box with some practical stranger I would love and that then, and then just black out and then you're going to arrive in Flossed in Paradise yeah. I've thought about that with really long flights. Yeah. I don't care. You can, if you, if there was a system of travel where I just went to the terminal and they said now boarding and then, and then I went, waited in line. And then when it was time to go, they just basically put a mask over my face. I breathed something in. I collapsed into the <laughs> arms of someone and then they basically they pick you zip up, me up. Like yeah, push you in. They, they, well, they just zip me up in the equivalent of a body bag and throw me on like luggage. <laughs> as long as as long as I don't wake up before we arrive, I'm I'm perfectly okay with. I want to oh, be yeah. accepted on a plane. Inse- oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, space for that, go hang also, out in limbo. Mm-hmm. Um, rumors are swirling that Tenet is just as good as Inception. Really? <gasps> mm-hmm. Did you know it's the same forward as backwards? Inception is the same forward as it is backwards. Yes, it is. Um, you know, well, it doesn't matter. We'll never director. get to see it. <laughs> Did you guys see the video of Christopher <laughs> Nolan explaining the plot of Memento using, like, he had like a chalkboard and he was explaining how he wanted the plot to unfold. Hmm. No, because like, he's like, he's like, as the 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 present stuff, which is in color is going to go against the black and white stuff, which is in the past. He's like, and every scene should alternate. It should alternate like this. He's like, so so the plot is supposed to being a line, and he takes it and he goes, 
it's more like this and he draws like basically like a u a long u and he's like huh. so and he draws a bunch of lines on it and he goes so the progression would be we go a scene here and then a scene here and then a scene here and a scene here so that way both of those events cl- climax at the same time he's like so the start of the movie's here and then the then the other movie is because you want the climax which would be the tip and then you want to time it so that way there's just a little bit of resolution on the end right there. So then that's when things match up. He's like, then we also have flashbacks within those flashbacks, which will exist here. He's like basically drawing, visualizing cool. how to do it. And it's cool because it's like, you know, you like synesthesia mm-hmm. when people can mm-hmm. see color and sound and, and stuff. He can see story. He, he like, it does seem like he can see story or visualize story. And it's not mind blowing, but like. To take yeah. that and go like, what is what is a traditional story? How can I visualize it in different ways? Yeah. Cool. Well, he's effectively taking that same, you know, arc that you would have drawn when you were a kid mm-hmm. and you were learning about story yeah. and climax and denouement and all that. And he's just like taking it to the next level on steroids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, uh, so you th- it's also, you think about it, it takes, it would, must have so much more pre-production than a traditional movie because... A lot of times with movies, they'll shoot everything and then they'll rearrange the scenes because it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this conversation, you know, isn't specifically connected to the timeline. They can have this emotional moment or this arc in different mm-hmm. places. They cut stuff, move it around. Whereas with this, it's like he, he probably in terms of editing, it probably was very similar to like the storyboards and the script and stuff like in yeah. terms of order and everything. It's, it had to be it's locked in. But then that creates problems because stuff that he could have resolved with editing mm-hmm. if it if it felt like it was dragging or he, he couldn't probably have done it. He would have thought he it was weakness. He, it would have been weakness to him. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys think that the sex doll company was in the wrong or FC Soul? No, no. Sex doll company was doing doing a solid. Yeah. I think I think what was wrong is society's reaction to inanimate objects that we can have sex with. Exactly. That's well. That's what's wrong. It's the people. It's it's the people that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's just my opinion, though. What do you guys think? I think John? sex dolls are great. Everyone should have one. I've never we, used one. You can't prove anything. If, but <laughs> if we if we got a sex doll sponsorship, John, and we needed a personal endorsement, look at his face. We needed if a personal was, endorsement. I mean, would the, you have sex the with a sex doll? I just want to tell you, work, with James. When James said that, John's face lit up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kid at Christmas. Yeah, yeah. You know, Would I'll you, do anything yeah. for this company. Oh, I appreciate that. Thanks uh, for taking a hit. Can you work late tonight? <laughs> Ooh, sorry, I got things to do. <laughs> He's got a date. <laughs> yeah, I got a sex doll to order. <laughs> uh, well, I think everyone was wrong. Okay. <laughs> I think that, I think Dollcom knew that they were like, they were like, well, we know that they're sex. We know they were, they were like, we just don't mention the sex doll stuff. We we put the onus on them to take mm-hmm. off all the insignia and headbands and, and logos and stuff. But then FC Soul, like, they should have realized they were sex dolls. Yeah, well, when they got 28 female to 2 male, they knew what the demo they were. <laughs> they were, weren't recreating the demo of a standard FC Soul game, that's for sure. <laughs> and they all had unhingeable jaws. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they were oozing when they pulled them off the truck. 
All right. Well, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. I have another uh, very salacious story for us to talk about. But first, a Mm. word from our sponsor, ExpressVPN. We're all stuck at home right now and probably not thinking too much about Internet privacy on our home networks. You know, just fire up the incognito mode on your browser and no one can see what you're doing, right? Wrong. Even in incognito mode, your online activity can still be traced. Even if you clear your browser history, your internet service provider can still see every single website that you visited. Uh, That's why even when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN because I need my privacy. ExpressVPN makes sure your ISP, that's internet service provider, can't see what sites you visit. Instead, your internet connection is rerouted through ExpressVPN's secure servers. Each ExpressVPN server has an IP address that's shared among thousands of viewers. That means everything you do is anonymous and can't be traced back to you. It also encrypts 100% of your data with best-in-class encryption, so your information is always protected. Use the internet with confidence from your computer, tablet, or smartphone. ExpressVPN has you covered on every device you use. Simply tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is the fastest and most trusted VPN on the market. It's rated number one by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and countless more sites. So protect your online activity today with VPN that I trust to secure my privacy. Visit our special link at expressvpn.com dude, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash dude. Expressvpn.com slash dude, D-U-D, to learn more. And we're back. Thank you, ExpressVPN, and me for... Hmm. For coordinating I like to, yeah, all I like that. To, I like Appreciate to thank it. myself for that. There you yeah. go, Elise. No Thanks, Elise. I can't stop yawning. Yeah, I, it's... You have, I haven't seen you yawn once all day, and then we start to record, it's, and then you start to Because I yawn. don't take deep enough breaths. It's not fatigue. I think you talk yourself, yeah, you talk yourself out of air, and then your body well, has to catch back up. Supposedly a yawn sometimes is your brain overheating and your body giving itself like a blast of oxygen to cool it down. So it's probably that you're so jazzed to be on the show and your brain's firing in a million times a minute. It's got to cool down. I hope my brain isn't working too hard to do this podcast. (laughs) I'd be very disappointed in myself. One more for the road. Just get it out of there. Nice. Why don't they just cool my make, brain down. I wish they just made sex dolls that just looked like regular. We're not on the sex dog, doll topic anymore. <laughs> they don't need the big lips. They don't need to look like trollops. <laughs> uh, well, this next story is about Club Penguin Online. Now, you may remember Club Penguin. It got shut down in 2017. It reached its peak uh, with 200 million users. Its peak. This was the unofficial <laughs> fan server that carried the torch for this this multiplayer casual game. Uh, It got shut down on Friday. Surprise, surprise. Walt Disney Company issued a takedown because they uh, had noticed some dicey activity with this this network. Real quick, what is Club Penguin? I think it's like... like It's kind of a half social platform, half mini games and shit, right? Isn't it like Neopets? I didn't even know if there were mini games. It was basically... I think it was based in Flash and it kind of mm-hmm. had its boom back during the Flash days where you could log in with a penguin and you could just walk around this cartoon world and interact with people and it was basically okay. kid oriented so it was Got like it. it was like a visual chat room like maybe PS there were mini games I don't it. remember I think I only went there once you know mm-hmm. in like high school or something it was like this is fucking stupid uh-huh. I remember one of my friends she when we were in high school her 
her parents had another kid. Mm-hmm. So she was like mm-hmm. 16 years older than this kid. So when we were in college or not, not college, I guess it would have been just after college. I remember going to her place and her brother was like playing club, pl- club penguin. Mm-hmm. He was like way into it because he was a little guy at the time. Gotcha. Yeah. And okay. she was, she was like, yeah, this fucking thing. It's what all the kids are doing. Whatever. <laughs> okay. It keeps them busy. All right. Uh, but so it's like a generation after us. Yeah, so Club Penguin Online was a successor, and it amassed 8 million users over two years because people were looking to fill this Club Penguin void. Mm-hmm. Um, but recently, it surged with another 1 million users because of coronavirus. Oh, like, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Socialization, social distancing, yeah. Absolutely. And that might have tipped off Walt Disney. Like, I wonder, I wonder if coronavirus... <laughs> the, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> the company. I wonder if coronavirus, if it hadn't had happened, and people were still distracted... And this surge hadn't happened if if it would have been on Disney's radar. But the BBC also investigated Club Penguin recently because they found that it was exposing children and teens to explicit sexual and racist messages. Oh, OK. Um, so Disney stepped in and they, they said that child safety is a priority of theirs and they're appalled by the activity and they're shutting it down. Some of the things that were happening on the platform were not great. Uh, you know, there there weren't any all, any. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> any of the uh, the maintenance of the site happened through volunteers, uh, basically. Okay, yeah. And so the BBC found that people were using you know racist, anti-Semitic, homophobic language. Mm-hmm. They were using bigoted language. The filters mm-hmm. weren't working for offensive language. In one instance, a user decorated their igloo to spill out the uh, their igloo to spell out the N word. Of course. Which this is, is what a, happens, you know, that's an abusive when you, when you allow human beings to hide behind the guise of a penguin. Yeah. People had penguin avatars engaging in e-sex. Mm-hmm. With what P-sex. does e-sex mean, though? Is that like sometimes I hear that and I think like, you know, when you take two toys and you're like, ha, 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 like, laughing. yeah, I guess like, it's what it would, it would have to be. Right. Is like my penguin avatar walks up to yours. And yeah. Just, like, and but goes, you do that oh. like. When I'm inside you, penguin. Yeah, crouching and it's laughing and stuff. That's the kind of thing that a lame-o, non-club penguin <laughs> person could never understand. And you're just having a laugh I, with your I have a question. Yes, least. please. Because I didn't read this article, but I did hear about a month ago about this Club Penguin Online. And I remember reading that there were separate servers, one that was child-friendly and one... That was unfiltered. And wow. so um, I'm curious if, you know, there was one that was marked basically 18 and up. I'm curious mm-hmm. if all this stuff that was occurring, if it was only in the adult server, the uncensored one, or if it was also happening in the supposed child. One. Because yeah. historically, Club Penguin, when it, you know, back when it was being run by Disney, was. You know, there are speed runs of how fast can I get banned from uh, Club Penguin. <laughs> uh, like, that's an actual thing. It's it's the, the speed run starts with creating your account, logging in, mm-hmm. and then typing an offensive word, and you immediately get banned. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm curious. Uh, you know, was that's, this a thing like... That's a- mo- well, because, you know, there's porn sites that have, you know, they have the page that's, are you 18 and over... And you have to click it to enter it. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if it was a similar situation with Club Penguin where, uh, I mean, still, it's a thing that's, that's a- oriented towards children and like mm-hmm. adults were using it. But it's 
it's funny though because this kid your friend's brother that used it mm -hmm. would be how old now I'm trying to think old so enough like, to be racist he probably when this <laughs> came out yeah so yeah so in some ways club you can't you can't imagine that club penguin or anything like club penguin will exist in a bubble time is going to keep on moving and those mm -hmm. kids that used to go in there and just play fun games, probably simulate sex with their friends, are now doing it again two <laughs> decades later, you know, so only more and, graphically. I mean, also, back when Club Penguin was a thing, you still had edgelords trying to get in there and circumvent the rules. Mm -hmm. um, same thing happened with Habbo Hotel. Um, the Internet Historian has a great little uh, short documentary uh talking about the history of the like 4chan invasion of habba hotel hmm. i'm not uh, familiar with habba hotel what is that it was it was similar to club penguin except it was human avatars and like you could go to like you know nightclubs and stuff but it was all it was an isometric one and i hmm. remember the only thing i specifically remember from it was you could have different skin colors and hairstyles. And so what 4chan was doing was they were all choosing, um, you know, uh, dark brown skin in afros and then all congregating together and like, you know, making swastikas and saying offensive things by all standing in the shape. And then Perfect. I think the it culminated in them like surrounding the pool so that no one could get to the pool because you can't cross over someone else's avatar. So they're basically like 24-7 blocking off the pool. Imagine if these people did something productive. <laughs> like That's... like the coordination the coordination and the effort and like the diligence. And I'm sure some people were like, I'm not gonna I'm I'm actively choosing to not do something else. What I'm gonna do is this thing tonight and do it and organize it and do all this stuff. And then to waste all of that. Also, like, I think comedically, because I'm someone who values comedy as an attribute. It's like, imagine if you were funny. Like, as I know for most of them, they are insensitive, ignorant, but they're mostly trying to be funny more than they're trying to be. They think this is shockingly funny more than they're trying to probably hurt someone. And I go, man, imagine if you devoted yourself to figuring out what actual funny things were what you could achieve. Yeah. Uh, well, I someone mean, it, with the sixth sense of humor might think that they're funny. Well, what I, what I think is crazy is that, you know, even though they are doing these, you know, offensive, insensitive, terrible things, it is also many times uh, an incredible example of humankind using the internet to its fullest potential. Like, there was mm -hmm. this study that uh, MIT or Harvard, I think it might have been MIT, where all over the United States, they released like 20 red balloons and then they just told people, you know, work with each other. How quickly can you all find these red balloons? And they thought it was going to take like a month. People had found them all in like a day because everyone on the Internet connected and found them all. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. a wow. similar thing that 4chan did where... When Shia LaBeouf was doing his like stand together mm -hmm. thing, yeah. the live stream, yeah. um, they basically were like they started trolling him and then they repeatedly kept moving the location. And then at one point, it, all it was was just a shot of a flag on a pole 
and they mm-hmm. used like the sun and like and they researched paths. property that they owned and all this different stuff to find it and then they took it down and then the next thing they did was it was just a flag on a wall inside of an apartment and they found that too and it's mm-hmm. like it what you know it is trolling and it is kind of shitty what they did but still it's like humankind like that that's what makes humans strong is when rather than one human a a collection, a community coming together mm-hmm. to work together to to accomplish a task. This is this is that, but for yeah. you know random yeah. trolling bullshit. It's it's really yeah. interesting. I think there's other examples that are maybe air toward the negative because there's stuff that I really like that is the collective hive mind, like Twitch plays Pokemon. Yeah, I think is like a good a good example of the collective mind doing something creative and productive. There's the vote that got Pitbull sent to the Walmart in Alaska, mm-hmm. a maybe more <laughs> yeah. negative trolling example. I don't know if you, either of you, you might be, um, but both of you are f- familiar with the robot, the Canada robot that got sent across the country. That was such a bummer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Such a bummer. It got, it went across Canada, this robot. I forget, I forget his name, but he got, and he, he would stop, could stop by strangers and kind of rely on strangers to help him along and keep him going on his journey. Then he went to America and immediately got like trashed and fucked up. Yeah, it was like for months this robot was yeah. uh, hitchhiking across Canada because people were just picking it up, driving it somewhere, mm-hmm. dropping it off. And then yeah. yeah, I think on like its second or third day in the United States, it was found <laughs> like in a like in an alleyway, beaten up and like fucked to to an inch of its life. <laughs> and that's that's depressing. Um, I have. I a mean, it's conspiracy. a good reflection of our different kind of societies. I think. Maybe I don't Not think to rib Canada. On America. <laughs> no, and and the thing is, I don't think America is bad. I don't think Canada's uh, perfect, but right. sometimes it, it's more of a question of what you can, what you think you can get away with. And Canada may have just more of a, the vibe in Canada is not that it's people are nicer or people are better. It's more that, well, you know, there's probably some accountability, eh? You know, like <laughs> yeah. you're probably going to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so we should help him. Yeah, well, I think that people thought, you know, that if we were in trouble, that robot would help us. It's it's socialized healthcare. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're rolling yeah. this together. I have a, a bit of a conspiracy question to ask both of you regarding this did you say story. Conspiracy? Which is, I did. <gasps> Nick, roll the graphic, and it's just the sex dolls in the stadium <laughs> yeah. again. <laughs> uh, so my question is, Disney. Launch this takedown from pure mor- a moral standpoint. And mm-hmm. they're very protective of their IP. They don't want anything untoward done with their IP. But their position was, we do not authorize this website. It's illegal using the brand and characters. And it's engaging in criminal activity and abhorrent behavior. However, could Disney have seen the surge in popularity during coronavirus and said, we don't want someone else profiting off of our IP, our platform. We should be pushing our own social platform during this i mean i would say both probably like the the increase in it is probably what led them to notice but what they noticed was something that was shocking and abhorrent and against their brand guidelines so you know mm-hmm. the two mm-hmm. i it i just have a hard time imagining that they're like sorry we're taking this away so we can relaunch it ourselves as something like it seems like the stink of what Club Penguin is 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 stunk. Mm-hmm. 
James, I'm going to have to disagree. I think uh, 100% conspiracy. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> shocking. <laughs> because here's the thing. Disneyland is closed. Uh-huh. Everywhere is closed. Um, and although they are set to reopen, I think that a lot of companies, uh, you know, most of the world, maybe, has mm-hmm. been hit with this realization you know, our young culture, we've been saying it all the time, internet's cool. That's what uh, we say, the young say ones. It. I say it to yep. everyone. I open the window. I say but it. I think a lot of companies might be, and this is a this is a term I learned from when I was up in Silicon Valley, pivoting. Uh, <laughs> you find... didn't, wait, I'm sorry to interrupt you. You didn't know the word pivoting until you. I'd never heard it used in a business sense. I see. I see. Yeah. Until I became an entrepreneur myself. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, An entrepreneur year. Pardon me. Go on. But really, like in all seriousness, I mean, I'm. Sh- I think that a lot of businesses are looking for ways that, you know, they can provide. They can still make a profit or provide uh, different business solutions um, mm-hmm. without having a brick and mortar. You know, that, like yeah, yeah. They're embracing the situation and understanding that it, even though it is going to go away, it is something that could happen. But do and they think that Club Penguin is going to be that thing? Maybe, James. What? I was Club Penguin a show? Or there no. were? I remember there being like video games. It's just a website. There were there were like DS games and shit, right? But I think those came after. after. Yeah, like was Club Penguin website? was just kind of like an online phenomenon. Place, like Neopets, and then is it something that like, like then Disney bought it? Oh, Disney bought the yeah. The, Website just like Yahoo bought Neopets. The... Okay. They right. both bought so it, it and then it. did nothing with it and let it die. Got it. Perfect. That's what I like. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess there were like, you know, there were books, like John was mm-hmm. saying, like all the other uh, shoulder yeah. stuff spawned off from it. Got it. Okay. I mean, it probably was like just a random Flash game that someone made. They're like, I want to try mm-hmm. out doing like networking and having like multiplayer in Flash. And that was, mm-hmm. this was like a, it was a minimum viable product of doing it because you can't do anything in Club Penguin. If it back when I was there, all you could do was walk around and talk to people. That's why I went in and I was like, "Fuck this N word," and then yeah, <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Well, R.I.P. Club Penguin Part Two. Um, I wonder when we'll see Club Penguin again. Maybe maybe it'll be making a return. Maybe they'll bring back Toontown Online. We can only hope. uh, It'll it'll have a penguin land. Do you remember Toontown Online? No. The Disney MMO? I've heard you talk about it. I've heard you talk about it. It was 2003. uh, Disney made a MMO to compete Mm -hmm. with World of Warcraft. It failed. Really? I don't remember this at all. Listen, my whole thing was... I tried City of Heroes. Mm-hmm. I was like, this looks fun. Bought it and tried to install it on my laptop. And none of the gra- like it was playable, but with none of the graphics. So you could basically <laughs> see like your shoulders and then your boots and everything else was invisible. And I said, all right, well, I'm not going to pay per by the month to do this. So then I uninstalled it. And then that was the extent of all of my MMO experience. Until that was PlayStation the Home came out. And then I did downloaded PlayStation Home and I went and did PlayStation Home Adventures with my friend Kevin, where he would 
because you could go, you could change your settings anytime and he'd go into his settings. We'd go somewhere and he'd change his settings to female. Oh yeah, um, I remember this. And then, and then, and then we'd go walk into the courtyard and then he'd get surrounded with a bunch of people going, hello, 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 hello. And then, and then, and then he would, he would turn his mic on and then switch while also switching his gender back to male and be like, what's up guys. And then, and then you just see the crowd disperse. So we just trying to keep doing that to see how big of a crowd we could get. And it's how- like dropping oh roach God. bait. Yeah. yeah. Swarm of roaches. <laughs> but we got great. bored of that after about 45 minutes and then I never did anything else like it ever again. <laughs> what That's was great. PlayStation home? It was just like a social. So yeah. It was essentially Club Penguin. That's what you're describing. Uh, essentially, like have an it avatar, was, go interact with shit, the, and talk to people. The only cool thing about it was they would have basically like um, pop-ups, right? So you know, um, Uncharted's coming out, and then you could go to a point in the world, and there'd be a special room that has like jungle themes, and you could walk over to a wall and watch a demo of Uncharted and stuff. So it would like have these built was in there. hubs. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, I mean there would be like a Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane had oh. to spend yeah. sixteen hours a day. Oh, Nathan Drake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Lane was there. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's great because you said Nathan Lane, but then my brain immediately went Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I thought, okay, he's just making a joke because, but Nathan Nathan Lane, <laughs> I don't want to be tied to the. Well, that yeah, sounds yeah. more like John Mulaney. It's, we got to find somewhere. this gold. I don't, I, yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I can't do impressions like you, Elise. <laughs> a Nathan Lane impression. I mean, I That's can't a, do basically a golden like ticket. Yeah. <laughs> we got more I'm to a talk mirror about. cat. <laughs> <laughs> what? Who, who was that supposed to be? That was Timon. Of? Nathan was Lane. Timon? Yeah. Oh. Or he was Pumbaa. No. Was he, was he Timon or Pumbaa? Pumbaa? He was Timon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was Timon. I could clear the savannah after every meal. Oh, That's, Nathan Lane. Uh, I'm thinking Nathan Fillion again. My oh. brain just <laughs> Nathan Lane. Birdcage. Um, the yeah, other we're gonna movies. Talk about, <laughs> we're going to talk about more late Nathan Lane news. What's he up to right now? Uh, actually, <laughs> I did read some Nathan Lane stuff recently because he was talking about when he kind of got outed. Um, well, we we should ro- roll the graphic for your segment called "Stay in Your Lane." Roll it. It's just again. It's just the blow up dolls <laughs> it's in the, the blow stadium. Up dolls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he got outed, and, and it was really hard for him. But then everyone in Hollywood was like, "We know," but that, which it doesn't doesn't excuse it because you shouldn't be outing people when they're ready uh, before they're ready yeah. to come out, mm-hmm. you know, themselves publicly. But anyway, uh, before we get to more Nathan Lane news, and then what else we're talking about today. Our good friend Adam has a message from Bespoke Post and their Box of Awesome. Take it away, Adam. If your mailbox is anything like mine, 90% of the time it is fairly depressing. Political flyers, utility bills, unholy amounts of coupons. But once a month, I do have a reason to be stoked, and that's because of my Box of Awesome from Bespoke Post. Personally, I'm a big fan of the Weekender bag, but I've also recently become a much bigger fan of the Alchemy set, spending my time indoors learning a few new cocktail recipes, And you know what? I'm actually getting pretty damn good at it. And not to like pat myself too hard on the shoulder, but anyway, Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every month. And no matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every part 
of your life. They've also got the dive and chill kit this month, which is getting me all sorts of excited for summer. I'll be making my drinks in the backyard, wearing my fancy shorts and keeping my drinks nice and cold, watching some Korean baseball. I'm not joking about that. We're actually kind of getting into it. So to get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box only costs 45 bucks and has over $70 worth of gear inside. So to get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code DUDE at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code DUDE for 20% off your first box. Thank you, Bespoke Post. Wow, he is looking yeah, good. Can I just say? He was. He was, and I think that maybe the, his bespoke box of awesome has something to do with I it. I mean, when you're excited yep. about what you're going to get every single month. We do. Yeah. Thank you, Adam, for uh, your anecdote, your your cool words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your really... face, you know, <laughs> and your shoulders. <laughs> well, you got pretty physical. Mm. That's... Speaking of shoulders, John, you're showing a lot of shoulder today. I am. I got my shirt. Came in the mail. Hula nice. House. Good shirt. That's a good shirt. Available I love it. It's super soft. Love these Hula yeah, House shirts. James James bought Zach Anner uh, some Hula House stuff. And he, Zach Anner's mom. And Zach Anner's mom, because he messaged us and he was like, what, or I think, what did he ask? Like, what size his mom would need? He's like, he's like I want to get some Hula House stuff from my mom and I. Mm. And, and we were like, no, your money's no good here. No. I don't think he has any money. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't been working with the, <laughs> with the quarantine stuff. Um, Oprah doesn't return but, uh, his calls anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he ever called her. I don't she know. called yeah, him. I don't know if he ever straight spoke to voicemail. Yeah, no thirsty Oprah. Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I wanted to introduce a little bit of a new segment se- segment to the show. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and it's called Corn Talk. I don't have a fancy graphic for it, so Nick, if you'll just show the blow up dolls in the stadium again, <laughs> that'd be thank you. There it is. <laughs> time for time for some Corn Talk because. It's hard right now to avoid talking about coronavirus, to avoid talking about quarantine and work from home. It's just such a part of life now. Yeah. I don't want it to be the entire focus of the podcast, but I thought if we approached it in a positive way or an interesting way, we could still just talk about what our lives are like now. So I wanted to, to ask you guys something that maybe you've learned about yourself while in quarantine. And I'll preface this by telling you, I saw a, an, I read an article recently that really did a very apt job of sort of summarizing how I've been feeling lately in a way that I couldn't pinpoint, which was that we're experiencing this wave of nostalgia right now. And maybe you guys haven't been experiencing this, but it's been big for me. Nostalgia for life and going outside? Well, not even for life going outside, but for, for maybe like childhood or adolescence. I have felt since this sort of started like we were on a weird, twisted summer vacation, summer holiday, mm. because... Not going to work, staying home a lot, but still going to work, really working a lot, actually. But it's just this feeling of like I'm on summer vacation, you know, the feeling of like the normalcy of the school year has ended. And now I'm on summer. That's how I kind of feel since we've been in quarantine where I'm like, yeah, oh, and, and it coincided with summer with the mm-hmm. warm weather coming. And then I read an article saying that the, this time that we're spending alone is inspiring and and facilitating a lot of self-reflection because that's, you know, kind of what people only have to do right now is to look inward. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. 
So it, people are are developing a lot of nostalgia. They're looking for things that are comforting them. I was talking with one of my friends about this, and she said, I haven't been watching anything new. Me and my boyfriend have only been going back and rewatching all the shows that we know and love mm-hmm. because we're looking for that comfort and nostalgia. And for me, I just feel like I'm doing a lot of self-reflection too. I'm, it, I'm doing weird stuff. Like I bought a, a color of nail, the, the kind of like the color of nail polish that my uh, girlfriends and I would all like one summer, we all wore this color of nail polish. Cause it was like the color we were all, do- I, I like bought it and was wearing it again on my like toenails. And I like texted like one of my friends and I was like, I got that nail polish color and I've been wearing it. Like, I don't know. So mm-hmm. ha- has this kind of struck either of you, this self-reflective feeling? And I don't think uh, I've been getting anything like that, John. I am uh, historically very introspective. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Do a lot of uh, thinking. But um, also, this is something I've talked about before. I uh, oftentimes uh, hermited. Uh, I, uh, you know, most of my early 20s was freelance working from home. So this is something that I'm very familiar with. Uh, and I feel like it didn't kind of strike me as hard as a lot of other people because uh, it's something that I had experienced before uh, mm-hmm. and kind of like gravitate towards, you know, I don't I don't go out a lot um, by choice. I have a lot of invitations to parties. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> I've seen uh, your waste basket yeah. stacked high with yes. the discarded invitations. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I've definitely, uh, it definitely was hard in the beginning, um, just not having that cushion uh, of, you know, interaction with people and breaking it up. And like, like you said, Elise, I kind of had to find way, like things to do to kind of, uh, you know, break it up. Um, I did, I mean, I, I, I don't want to talk about it a lot, but I did mention that um, I started taking... Uh, uh, Lamictal, some mood stabilizers, because I've been, uh, I, I found out I'm, uh, I was undiagnosed bipolar for 32 years. Um, mm. But something that's come from that is I've actually been able to like focus on some something for more than like 30 minutes. Mm. Um, and something I've been wanting to do for a long time, and I would do here and there, but would never be able to stick with it, is um, just making little prototypes doing game development. And Mm -hmm. that was something this weekend I spent like two and a half days straight working on it, which is like uh, something I've never for a long time. I have never really been able to do is like stick with a project. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my plan now is basically most weekends. I'm just kind of like try to think of a little prototype and kind of slap it together. You know, nothing Mm -hmm. too grandiose, but that's uh, awesome. And you yeah. made a, a tweet calling on people. You said, hey, who wants to do a game jam with me? And for our viewers and listeners, if you've never heard of what a game jam is, it's where people get together for like 24, 48 hours and just crush out a game. Yep. And I, I responded and I said, dude, stop subtweeting me. Just text me. <laughs> mm-hmm. just, just text me. Well, yeah, me. I mean, well, that's basically what happened this weekend was um, I can't make a something game. I've often done, uh, which is my scope was too large. You know, the, the, these game jams, you're supposed to make a very small, simple game. And mm-hmm. I basically came up with like a like a full platformer. And so, like, 
I got all the movement down over the course of a day, and then I started working on like asset design and level design, and I was just like, this I can't, I mm-hmm. can't complete this within the time frame. So yeah. I definitely think, yeah, Elise, James, anybody, if y'all ever want to just jam out. I can't. I don't know how I would contribute in any way, but I'm totally happy to help and be supportive of you of you doing it in any way that you think is useful. Ideation is an important part of the process. Before before we joined Funhouse, Elise, Dan, and I were making a board game, card game. Oh, really? Yeah, tabletop game. I guess. Yeah, that that. At some point, we need to get back into. The problem is, it's like it would be the kind of thing where it's like, oh, now is the perfect time, except we still can't interact with Dan. So, could you, you know. make it in Tabletop Simulator? Probably. I mean, that'd probably be a better way to prototype it because then you don't have to do all the printing and but stuff. But we need a game developer. We'd need a game developer. Hmm. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Someone with sleeves yeah, so that yeah. we know that they're dependable. That stuff, that oh, stuff is shit. brainstorming stuff. <laughs> <laughs> brainstorming ideas but then actually sticking with it long yeah, enough to figure out the bits and pieces it. and like how do you build the central nervous system of this kind of thing is like a lot of fun i think it's That's really something oh wait sorry go ahead oh no Elise. sorry no no go ahead please i was gonna say uh that's something i learned uh it took me a long time to learn uh is that just because you have good ideas it does not fucking nope. matter to anyone no yep. one cares because <laughs> yep. like everyone got good someone ideas. yeah someone can sit there yeah and write out good ideas it's actually executing on them Execution. and delivering mm-hmm. um and that was something i never understood for a long time i would just sit there and like i have this i have this master document full of like this universe that i was building mm-hmm. um and like there's so much timeline and like all this stuff thought out but like i never did anything with it um mm-hmm. Maybe I should now. I yeah. think so. And if there's stuff that's that's funhouse worthy or non funhouse worthy, and you want some help, let me know. I I love. I think there to me there's nothing worse in the creative world than a good idea that doesn't see its follow through and its ex- mm-hmm. execution. Um, because I, uh, it's just it's just such a waste. It's like wasted potential. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think that there are a lot of people that that have bad ideas, but they have the perseverance to see those bad ideas through. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and a lot of the time I'm like, man, I wish that I just had like half of their, their determination. Um, I think like for me, I'm, I'm really good. in I think a professional environment of, of closing on stuff because I, I feel that, but then in my personal creative life, I'm like, I wish I was a little bit more, but I do think that for me, this quarantine has been, an introspective experience in that I've thought about a lot of things in my life that I want to be certain ways, especially after we're through this. And I, I probably wouldn't have taken the time. My mind, our minds are usually distracted by a hundred other things. Yeah. But a lot of those things have been removed from our day to day lives. So then what are you, where does your brain go? It goes toward yourself. Another thing in that article that I thought was really interesting when they talked about, you know, oh, you might feel like you're back in high school or experiencing some kind of nostalgic time in your life was because we're effectively limited in the things that we can do and places we can go, much like we would have been when we were, you know, 14 years old. Mm, And our parents controlled where we were going or our age dictated where we were going or, 
you know, and it's we're playing Final Fantasy VII. Where everyone's playing Final Fantasy VII <laughs> again. Everyone's playing Animal Crossing again. It's like all this stuff. Uh, I have some more quarantine, some some quarant question quarant questions. Quarant topics. Yeah. Quarant topics well, to get to. I, I just wanted to say one thing, uh, which is um, everyone out there try to act on your ideas. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And that and that from your earlier question, that is one thing that I've kind of tried to start doing. Like I sent you guys that song I made. I woke up mm-hmm. from a dream with a song mm-hmm. in my head, and instead of just going back to sleep, I was like, <laughs> I'm going to take an hour and a half and actually make this and then go back to sleep. And so that's what I it, did. It does kind of suck, and I, I know we can get onto the other topics, but it does kind of suck because for me, there were certain things, certain decisions that I was making for myself and my life in 2020, which were like, kind of like John was saying, I'm okay being at home. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm a Taurus. I'm a homebody I, too. I, I yeah. like socializing. I I really like socializing with people. I'm not as proactive as I should be about the socializations, but going out and being surrounded by people doesn't really fulfill me anyway. I'd much rather like chat with John on Discord. But or do you I've feel been playing like... with I've been playing Civilization with Joel. But regardless, I was trying to be more proactive in 2020 Mm -hmm. about reaching out, instigating those interactions when there's like nothing happening. Like it's one thing for John and I to pass each other in the kitchen and be like, you want to do something, want to do something? And then it happens organically. It's another thing for me to look at my contacts, see John, press John, send him a message that says, hey, do you want to do something? That's that's way harder for me. Yeah, but I was trying to and it sucks because literally the weekend when they said that you shouldn't be going out, John and I were going to get together and make oh, yeah. music. We were going to start making music, and I was super excited about it. We still can. We still we can. Still can. And I, we still should, and I actually have, I've been researching ways for me to do that because I basically just play everything. I play yeah. everything on a guitar, um, acoustic, or just without an amp, but like uh, like researching ways to get that going. But I would like to continue going down that road, so... Uh, the quarantine has left me f- even more. Now there's a double layer of responsibility for my own time. I and think social media. Yeah. Definitely get an appreciation for people mm-hmm. when you can't see them. Yeah. You, know, you don't know what I you got. I just want to hug gone. somebody. Connor won't <laughs> let me touch. Did, will he really? Sextal. Will he really not let you? Will he really not give you a hug? I haven't asked. Oh, I don't should ask, Connor. You shouldn't have to <laughs> ask. <laughs> Hold on. Be well, right we'll, back. While John is getting a hug from Connor, we're going to hear a word from me about how you can start taking care of yourself right now, you know, on an emotional level. So take it away, me. Hey, everybody. So with everything that's going on in the world right now, it's more important than ever to care for one another, whether it's a friend you see every day or family you don't get to see enough. We can all feel pretty isolated and overwhelmed during this current crisis. So be sure to check up on your friends, check in on your loved ones, but also check up on yourself because that's the most important place to start. Give a call to someone you love, reach out, offer your support to someone else who might really need it and you can get their support in return. We want to remind you at Funhouse that if you need support, you can reach out to NAMI, the nation's largest grassroots mental health organization, to get support for yourself and learn how to support others too, which is really important right now. You can visit NAMI.org or call 1-800-950-NAMI. That's 6264. Because you're not alone. Elise, that was beautiful. Thank you for that those was, words. Thank you, Elise. Thank you, NAMI, as phenomenal. well, uh, for helping us 
to, during this difficult time with your your advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it sounds like you guys you talked a little bit, John, about like kind of like hobbies and stuff that you're picking up. My next question was like, do you guys feel like during this time of reflection of isolation that you're taking on new hobbies or starting to develop any new skills? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do desperately. I'm death. I'm really trying to come out of this having developed new skills. For me, it doesn't seem like a big shift, but exor- the exercise that I have been doing is a different skill. Mm-hmm. Like I do yoga three times a week now, and I'm definitely mm. like, as opposed to it just being, I'm doing some yoga today. It is like a progression. Which we've switched because I used to be a big yoga person. Well, I mean, still you still am. You still are. But I, I, I have a, well, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it when I get to me. But yeah, uh, but I, I've now I'm like, I want to get to a pathway to improving at yoga and treating it like one of my forms of exercise as opposed to just a you know a rest day cool down stretch kind of in addition to thing it is now fit in so it's like if you look at me you're like ah it's just exercise for exercise but the exercises that i'm doing have different goals than they were before that i think might be a new skill when i come out of it um and so there's definitely that and then i also this was weeks ago but i was like well, here I am. I've noticed that when you don't have to commute somewhere to an office and you kind of can do your own personal time management, um, there's ways to pick up minutes here and there. And so uh, I was like, well, here's what I'm going hope to hopefully use these minutes. And then I signed up for Udemy, the, oh, teaching, nice. the teaching stuff, right? And so I basically just went through and it was like 90% off or whatever. So you could get these full courses for like $10. And I just went through, I was like drawing, uh, speed reading, um, a bunch of these different things that I haven't, like, I don't know when I'll get to them, but I'm like, I do want to come out of this and see if like I can come with some skills that I've never really developed. Music theory. So stuff you, like have that. you started any oh, yeah. of them? Mm-hmm. Music theory yeah, is where it's at. I have I have started a couple of them, but it's it is still required. It requires your own effort and there's homework and stuff. And we're also still busy. So sometimes those minutes don't add up to the time that you need to watch a lecture. And Can you homework. impart with to us a piece of knowledge that you have learned from one of these? Um, Give me a simple fact. Sure. Yeah, I think the big thing is that I'm learning that the way most of us learn how to read is wrong. You saying I know read Excuse me? Well, I mean, it, for those, because one of the things that I'm trying to build a skill in is speed reading mm-hmm. and comprehension. And it, I did can I guess what and, the real, what the right way to read is? I, I don't have the full right answer, but yeah, sure, go ahead. No. You look at the first letter and try to guess what the word is without reading <laughs> the rest of it? Uh, no, not really. No. I, the number one thing is you shouldn't read with a voice in your head. This is this is mostly for informational text and less about fiction because fiction you can relish and enjoy. But if you're trying to get gather as much information as possible, reading the words with the voice in your head is only going to slow you down. And Mm. and then it's kind of about tricking your brain into turning paragraphs into photos, pictures that contain a whole host of information as opposed to memorizing the words that you see. It's crazy um, that you're so, talking about this because I actually just saw it was a it was a random TikTok and the guy talked about go to my YouTube and I didn't, um, uh, but he interviewed someone because have you heard that 
there are people that actually don't hear a voice inside their head and they can't mm-hmm. hear a voice inside their head. Yes. Mm-hmm. He interviewed he interviewed one of them. They don't have an inner monologue. Yeah, right? they don't have an inner monologue. Yeah. And he, he the fir- the one thing he asked, well, in the TikTok one thing he asked was, How do you read? And mm-hmm. she basically described what you just said where she sees the words like form in her head and she can actually see uh you know it broken up in the different mm-hmm. subjects and so yeah when she's reading a paragraph she can actually see, like break it apart and see it in its different parts and like what's yeah. important and stuff That's it was cool. like holy fuck <laughs> i want yeah. that skill well one of what sorry go ahead i don't think i typically like in my mind uh you know read out hear like hear words I, I but I also am really guilty of like speed reading to to my own detriment where I think I skip pieces of information because I am just like doing a snapshot. Well, you did the test. You, I gave you the test he, that I took. Chase too. gave me a, a test, a speed reading test, but I hadn't slept in like properly oh, in no. like four or five days. And, and as w- soon as you started, a baby started crying. Like, oh yeah, there was like, was, the like worst a baby crying. Situation for like a. a <laughs> Like jackhammer. It was like a joke, joke thing. But, but yeah, yeah. So one of the what we can literally stop after this. But uh, one of the f- interesting experiments that that I did in the very, very early phases of this course. So um, there's way more information to be gleaned from it. Is so you're shown a picture for like two seconds, and then you're asked to try and remember as many things about the picture that you you can about it. Um, and then you're also tasked with writing as much as you can about that picture. And so this photograph that they show for like two seconds, you could write like, I mean, probably two paragraphs about maybe what's in that picture, the relationships, potential relationships of the people in the picture, what they're wearing and everything like that. I can I still know the exact picture in my head. It's it's uh-huh. like embedded um, uh, Nick, can we see that picture? <laughs> yeah, uh, show the picture, Did Nick. You show the picture. Uh, I think we saw it earlier. James, so it sounds like you're playing Brain Age. Kind of, yeah. It's it is it is similar to that. Um, but then it's basically pointing out the difference in how the brain works. Try and mm-hmm. memorize. Try and if you're trying to remember a speech, and you picture it as a block of text with squiggly little lines and words all over it, you're that's. There's no way the brain is that's yeah. too much to overload it. But if you can turn that paragraph of text into a photograph and that's all you have to remember is that visualization, it's going to be way easier for the brain to kind of cue it. Anyway, that's just one of the many things that I'm hoping to pick up when this is done. There's a bunch of other personal projects that I'll probably never get around to. Yeah. What about you, Lise? Um, I have some stuff that I was working on prior to quarantine, like writing stuff that I'm still like plugging away at. That hasn't really changed. Um, my personal introspection has, I think, ignited a, more of a fire in me where I'm like, I need to be more like dedicated to this than I typically am. Uh, something that like I, I have started doing, because prior to this, yoga was kind of my big thing that I would do to stay fit. I would do a lot of yoga. But like I said, like, yog hog. <laughs> I am. I have on the back of my sweatpants it says Yog Hog. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how everyone everyone goes, Sub Hog? And I know that that's Yog because yeah. I was wearing a trench coat at the time, but I know that they somehow managed to. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, about two and a half weeks ago, I was just kind of like, you know, 
maybe I should start running. Like maybe that should be my thing. Like I'm always I'm running from my problem. <laughs> Why don't I run from you know for the exercise? Uh, so I like was like okay uh, that's kind of gonna be it. I'll and I think about it in terms of like James was saying your commute when you think man even if I go out there and I run for like 15 minutes that would have just been my drive to work. Mm-hmm, you know yeah. it's a no harm no foul foul. Oh my god no harm no foul situation. And uh, it I think it's been tough because at the very front of this quarantine. It was tough for us to get into a rhythm with work from home and transitioning our setups and dealing with all that. So we were working longer hours. We we're working a lot on weekends. But now I feel like in a pretty good spot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You pick up those minutes. Pick yeah. them up. John, John anything else down. in addition to, to the game development? Uh, and- well, I had a bit of a realization, uh, which is that like throughout my life, I, there were years where... I would sell off all my video games and then I wouldn't have them anymore. And I and then I'd buy them again and go, why? You know, re- mm-hmm. recently I go, why did I do that? And, you know, it was partially short-sightedness and uh, irresponsibility and a lack of funds. Um, but also, like, since I started getting back into these hobbies, um, like, the whole reason I want to make games is because uh, I originally wanted to be an animator and I have like experience, you know, drawing characters and animating them. Um, I love making music and a lot of the music I make kind of sounds like it fits in a video game. And then I love programming cause it's, you're basically building your own puzzle to solve. Um, so video games are like an amalgam of all of my favorite skills and hobbies. Um, but a while back, uh, I, w- I went through like kind of a dark period and I stopped doing all of that stuff. Um, and so I've been trying to get back into it. And I've realized that the more I do that, the less I play video games. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think maybe those times where I wasn't playing video games and I sold them all off, it was because I wasn't using them uh, because I was I would spend most of my free time, you know, making beats or, uh, you know, drawing and doing different creative projects. So mm-hmm. um, it's almost a thing where even though we're just at home and all we're doing is we're at home, I've actually been playing less video games than I normally would because I've actually been spending my time elsewhere mm-hmm. uh, on these hobbies. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's, but I miss it, video games. I know. I I do think like these little silver linings are nice, though. Yeah. I, I, I noticed... That reminds me because like I played guitar like for years and years and studied it in in college. Like I took a guitar class and studied it and it was part of my curriculum and stuff. And then I had to move to L.A. and I was like, well, I can't take my amp with me. I can't pack it with me. So I'll just I'll send it later. And then Mm -hmm. moved to L.A. had no money to buy a new amp or send it later. And also yeah. now had was living in a place that had three roommates. And it's like, where am I supposed to go and play this guitar? Like when I was in college, was like, you could go somewhere else on campus. You could find a quiet spot. You could do something. The quad. You, I did. I did go off into the quad. Go um, to the library. You could go place where you're, where you're not <laughs> disturbing people. But when you're when you're living with people and you can't room. go anywhere. With, yeah. So so I didn't do it and then around this time is kind of when guitar hero came out uh-huh 
and I was I started playing it and was hooked on it. And I was like, I love this game. And it was because it was filling that void. But then I got so into Guitar Hero, Guitar Hero 2, and then eventually Rock Band. Yeah, that it fit it complete. Like you're saying, it filled the void of the creative effort of improving as a guitar. Now I could just I already reached a mastery level of rock band (laughs) and I could just enjoy that and just coast on those endorphins or whatever for as long as possible. I listen, if we could set it up somewhere today, I would play rock band all the time, but uh, I think I would have more control and perspective on why I liked it. Are there bad behaviors that with the rock band guitar hero you picked up that now you have to kind of abandon or relearn? Oh, I mean, I know it's it's obviously not one-to-one, but just, uh, um, well, I was going to say something about that, which is a, a lot of people criticize. I think I feel like when it first came along and people, a lot of people were criticizing saying like, just because you play rock band and guitar hero, you're not, it's not, you're not learning mm-hmm. guitar. Um, mm-hmm. But I would beg to differ. You are learning certain skills that are required mm-hmm. in guitar. Cause I knew this guy left, uh, and, left and right coordination. Yeah. Senior year of high school. Picked up a guitar and was just a savant where he would tune it to like an open tuning and just mm-hmm. jam out and could do all this crazy stuff. And I was like, mm-hmm. dude. And he was one of my good friends. He was like, we got to start, you know, making music together. Because um, I had been like recording and making songs, like making drums and reason and then recording my guitar over that. And so uh, we like made this. We came up with this song and then went to record it. And he could not keep with the rhythm he could Mm. do all this crazy stuff but he had zero rhythm and i ended up like you know after we recorded i was like okay thanks and i had to go back and re-record it all myself um Mm -hmm. because it just wasn't on tempo and so you know even though you're not learning uh like finger placements and you know music theory or you know how chords and everything like that Mm -hmm. works you are definitely learning rhythm um which is a very important part of music yeah, I think I think we don't have to talk about rock band, but I do think that there's habits that you can practice in rock band or guitar here. I always felt like the, the note charts in rock band by harmonics were better than the note charts that came from Neversoft afterwards. It seemed like in rock in Guitar Hero 3, it was just whatever elaborate shapes they could make or whatever. Yeah. In rock band, it was like, all right, I see what you're you're trying to make it look like that was barring this chord. Yeah, you're basically doing like like power chords and then you add the seventh with your pinky. So like like it it felt reasonable, but I think there's a lot of stuff like, you know, playing in time left and right hand. And then also there were a lot of rock band players who would only play down strums and they would find themselves really limited. But if you trained yourself to play down up strums, then you could play twice as fast. Basically, let me tell you, I don't know how to play guitar. I played clarinet for years. And I bring that into my Peach Harvest performances, clearly. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I I am pseudo ambidextrous, not in that I write with both hands, but my body doesn't sometimes, like I swing left-handed, everything, you know. And and uh, if I was going to, a lot of, you know, most uh, Muppet performers, they have their right hand, they have their dominant hand. You'll see all, all Muppets are left-handed because they have their huh. dominant right hand up in the puppet and working the mouth. And then they have their left hand controlling the arm. Mm -hmm. I'm the opposite. So like my think my comfortable feeling would be to put this, my left hand up into the puppet Mm -hmm. mouth. You'll notice that with Eagle, the puppet, it's my left hand in it. 
Yeah. Um, so with I don't know what the right way to hold like my my you know if I saw you holding a guitar I'd go mm-hmm. oh, okay that's the right way to hold it but mm-hmm. if if you just handed me a guitar and said hold this the right way is it this way is it this way I don't know I don't even know that much because my body's confused <laughs> so like to me the natural way to be to hold a guitar would be to this side but is that correct like strum with my fingers hold a guitar so like if I was gonna hold it naturally I'd feel like I'd want to hold it like this is that correct that's right handed. That was right-handed. Okay. Yeah. But and then I also correct. feel like if I if I wanted to, That's I could hold Hendrix. this way. Yeah. And be comfortable with it. Yeah. We'd have to turn yeah. all the strings upside down. Because I remember uh, we played ukulele once in like middle school, and my teacher every time would be like, "Flip it around, flip it around," because <laughs> I would pick it up and I would hold it like that. Okay. Well, that's I, good I to know. S- oh. Never mind. You what? Oh, I was just going to say, I saw, I don't remember if it was just on like r slash videos or if it was on one of the random subreddits that I'm subscribed to, but a video got posted, I think it was yesterday, where it was this uh, older, old lady who had taught herself guitar when she was like a teenager back in like the 20s um, and then became like a maid or something and abandoned it. And then in her 60s, her employer learned that she had taught herself guitar and he, I guess he was like a music producer or something. And so they recorded it and then she became like this like folk, like uh, icon. Hmm. Um, But she, she wasn't left-handed, but she had taught herself to play a guitar upside down because she hadn't, you know, been taught traditionally. She just taught Mm -hmm. herself. So I I think you're honest on it. They say like Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. Well, wasn't wasn't like, wasn't John Lennon left or Paul? I think Paul McCartney is left-handed, but he plays the guitar. He plays a left-handed guitar. Jimi Hendrix he bought a guitar it. from a drift yeah. from a thrift stop thrift store. Played and it then upside was down. like, I'm gonna learn guitar. So like all of his <laughs> bass strings are on the bottom. Like he basically had to re figure out a new way to do everything. Huh. That's cool. Well, I'm glad that everybody's kind of in a better place and finding these little silver linings right now because that's really important mm-hmm. um if you at home are having trouble finding silver linings let funhouse help you because we're trying we're still trying to make great content it's going to be a distraction respite to some of the shittiness that's going on we got kind of funhouse week coming up may 25th through 31st where we're doing a bunch of collabs with kind of funny we got john smith on recorder <laughs> you know it Oh, no. I thought you were gonna play something. Go play. Oh, yeah. I I could wait. How does it go? Oh wait, no. I don't know if we can hear it. It might be noise canceled. Oh yeah. Oh, there. A little bit. It's a little bit noise canceled. No, it's no. it's it's, yeah. it's it's cutting it out. <laughs> Unless kidding. you're not actually doing it. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, I was yeah, playing kind of, the title theme song to Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh wow! Which we would have recognized cut. immediately. <laughs> but yeah, we've got kind of fun house week coming up. There's a really awesome t-shirt. It's going on sale on Monday the 25th for that. I'm ex- really excited to get it. It's oh. not the Hula House tank. Oh, okay. It's a different shirt. Mm-hmm. but Another cool shirt. That's super exciting. And any other stuff coming to the channel that you guys are looking we forward to? We are trying a new series. 
That's right. We are trying a new series ah, yes. called Co-op Adventures. That premieres on the 25th. Um, which will be coming out. That'll be kicking off, I think, kind of funny week, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is just basically Adam and I exploring magical modding worlds. Uh, starts with CSGO. Um, but we have special get every single week. We have special guests join us on our adventures. And uh, and so it should be fun. Cool. Yeah. Also, if you missed the live stream of this is your show now, the John Smith joint, it's going to be coming to the channel in a few weeks. Just hold tight. Oh, really? Yeah, it's on its way. I think the weekend of June 6th, I think. Mm-hmm. All right. But it's coming in, coming in hot. And if you did see it. Watch it again, because I'm sure the edit will. I was a watch it again, but also (laughs) also uh, working to figure out how to do more. So it was tight. The wheels are in motion. That they are. I had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. That's it for me. That's That's it for for that's it for this week. That's it for me. That's it for this week. Well, thank you, everyone. We're live every day here. So so tune in. Mm -hmm. Okay, Nicholas may not have the hot sex doll pictures mm-hmm. but i'm sure there's something else going on <laughs> thank you to the first members hanging out in chat we appreciate you and yeah that's our show for this week yeah thanks for watching thank you thanks for playing john my pleasure a great adventure is waiting for you ahead have a with lemmy winks so you will soon be dead <laughs> bye everybody bye bye